Hello, CE family. Welcome to CE Online. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. So excited about today's service. We believe that this could be the most impacting hour of your week. Throughout the service, if you have any questions, comments, prayer requests, please go to churchexperience.tv connect, or just pull out your camera, hit the QR code. If you have any questions, want to know what's going on here at CE, just hit the subscribe button right here. We would love to hear from you and be praying for you. We're ready to dive in. Would you stand with us as we sing some songs of worship to Jesus?
Jesus, that sweet name, there is power in your name, Jesus. God has given your name the most exalted name, the name above every name. And that at that name, every knee, every knee in heaven, above the earth, in the earth, below the earth, every knee will bow and they will confess with their mouth that you are Lord and you are a chain breaker. You are a promise keeper. You are a deliverer. Demons tremble at your name, Jesus. Jesus Christ. They shake and tremble. Fear has no place under that name. God, I thank you and I praise you and I bless you. We honor you in this place. We stand and we believe in that name, in the authority given that name. Jesus, in Jesus' name. Hey, well, welcome to the final week of our Miracles teaching series. And I'm so glad that you're here because I would imagine there's somebody today is feeling a lot like the wall next to my kitchen. I noticed recently that after seven years of living in the house and after four kids running back and forth all day long next to this wall, I've noticed that it started to show a little wear and tear. It's got some nicks on it. It's got some bruises. It's been beaten up a little bit, this wall. And, and I'm kind of thinking it's, it's ready for a fresh coat of paint. Because a fresh coat of paint does wonders to hide all those bruises and nicks, right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And, and some of you probably feel that way right now. Uh, you've been beaten up by the world. You've got some nicks and bruises. You've got some cuts. Maybe your feelings have been hurt. Maybe there's been some discouragement in your life lately. Maybe some friction and frustration. I don't know what's been going on, but here's what I know. A fresh coating of God's presence, a reminder of his miraculous power that wants to work in and through our life. It can do so much to restore and renew our passion and our faith. And, and that's what I'm hoping for you today, that God will freshly renew your spirit and restore your, your passion and zeal for him. Because God has so much in store for you if you can have the faith to see it. And today we're going to look at a, a story that's truly miraculous it's an interesting and challenging story in John chapter 5, if you'd like to power on your Bible or open up with us. But in John chapter 5, we read about Jesus' interaction with a man who needed a miracle, a man who needed a fresh perspective on his life and his problems, a man who ultimately needed a miracle. John chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. It says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. So let me just pause here for a moment. So uh, Bethesda actually means house of mercy, house of mercy. 
You can see why that has significance here in just a moment. And it, and it says that this pool had five covered colonnades. Did, did you know that archaeologists have found, in, in relatively recent history, they have, they have uncovered and discovered a pool right outside Jerusalem, actually right in Jerusalem, right not far from the city center at Temple Mount. And this, this pool actually had five porches around it. Four, one on each side, and one that went down the middle, kind of essentially splitting it into two pools. These pools are about 20 to 40 feet deep together about the size of a football field, and they've actually discovered this pool. They think it's, this is the exact pool, and I'll show you a picture here. You can kind of see what they've, they've discovered and they found, but they believe that this is the exact pool the archaeologists have discovered that it's talking about here in this story in John chapter 5. All right, let's go back to this story. It says in verse 3, here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. A great number. That's a, a lot of sick people, a lot of disabled people, a lot of people who are paralyzed. I mean, a lot of them, a large number. And you know what's so interesting about Jesus is he walks into this situation with many problems and many people in need. There's so many people in life that when the problems get thick, they walk out. When, when a family situation gets difficult or a marriage gets hard, they walk out and they leave. But not Jesus. He's surrounded by problems and he walks in. And I love that. When everybody else is walking out and they're avoiding the people that have problems, they're avoiding the situation that's difficult, Jesus is walking into it and saying, I'm here to help. I'm here to serve. How, how can I point you into a better direction? And, and that's what happened. Jesus shows up in this very difficult and dark situation. And John chapter uh, 5, verse 3, it says there's a great number of paralyzed people. Now, I want you to look in your Bible. Let's go ahead and read together verse 4. All right, you got it? Verse 4, you, you find it? Are you looking? Some, some of you, you got your Bible in front of you, you're looking, you're like, where is verse 4? I don't see it. That's because if you have any of the modern translations you look, it jumps from verse 4. Uh, uh, verse 3 right to verse 5 and you're like what's up with my Bible why is there not a verse 4 and the reason why there's not a verse 4 is because uh, in most of the ancient manuscripts the oldest of the manuscripts verse 4 is not actually in there and what most people think is that the scribes who sometimes would jot little notes in the in the margins they're, they're literally remember before the printing press and all that they're they're hand copying these these um, uh, copies of the Bible, of God's Word, and they would sometimes write little notes of explanation, maybe for the other scribes in the margin, and we believe that one of the scribes probably at some point wrote in the margins this explanation of to help people understand what's happening here, and then later scribes copy that, and then that got into the more recent manuscripts, but the oldest ones, they don't have this verse, and that's why it's not in your Bible, but if you look down at the bottom, you, you can see verse, verse 4, it says that they waited for the moving of the waters. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters, the first one into the pool after each disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. Now, this is, this is pretty wild to study, and, I, and I, I did a deep dive on it, kind of geeked out on it. I was just curious, you know, like, like, what do people believe? Bible students and Bible scholars, what do they believe about what was going on here? Like, did an angel of God actually come down and stir the waters, and then whoever the first person in actually got healed? And the truth is, we actually don't know. There's a lot of conjecture and theories and everything from it was a supernatural miracle of God that an angel actually did come and touch the water and people were healed. And, and some people believe it was a natural occurrence in, in the water. Maybe, maybe it was fed in a certain way the water was disturbed and maybe it was minerals in the water. Per perhaps it was the faith to actually believe that you would be healed. And, and when they jumped in in faith, that that's what actually caused the healing. You know, there's all kinds of different ideas from Bible scholars and students on what this actually meant and what was happening here. 
But if we can go back to verse 3 where we left off, let's, let's see what happens after this. Why, why ever the people are there and whatever's happening, we know that there's a great number of disabled people hanging out around this, this pool. And, th- and that was not uncommon. People would use uh, public bathing areas and pools as a place to hang out and spend some time together. And, and, that, and that's what's going on here, but it's a group of people who are primarily disabled. Let's look again at verse 3. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Verse 5. One who is there who had been an invalid for 38 years. Did you see that verse? It says, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Some of you have had a problem in your life for a really long time. You've been struggling with a doubt in your life that you just can't shake. You've been struggling with something in your mind that you've been trying to figure out and think different about, but it just keeps coming back. Perhaps a temptation or, or a sin that you've given into over and over again. Maybe it's an external situation that you've been trying to change and you've been pushing against that wall and it's not coming down. But you know what it's like to struggle with something for a long time. But imagine this guy, 38 years, almost four decades, he's been an invalid. All right, I mean, th- this guy is, has a serious problem and, and he's disabled and it's affecting his life. It's affecting his livelihood. And that's perhaps why he's there is waiting for a miraculous healing around this, this pool, around this, this house of mercy, this pool of Bethesda. And, and what's interesting about this situation is that he, he has this specific problem that's been going on in his life a really long time, a really long time. And, and I think that's one of the points of this story is that it's, it's been a continuing long-term problem. And your, your long-term problem, it might not be physical. It might be emotional. It might be mental. It might be a spiritual problem, but there's some kind of pain in your life. In fact, some of you do actually have a physical pain. They, they say that chronic disease is usually anything that's been in your life for a year or longer. And it affects your lifestyle. It affects your quality of life. And, and, and many people, many in our church even, struggle with chronic pain. They, they have some, something in their body that doesn't feel right. And it hasn't felt right for a long time. Well, this guy's body wasn't working right, and he'd been struggling with it for 38 years, and maybe for you, the 38 years that you've been struggling with something is maybe an addiction, and it's plagued you or somebody you love. It's plagued your family, and you know what it's like to struggle with something for year after year after year and not see victory. You, you know what it's like in your life to feel emptier. Maybe someone here has been struggling with grief for years. It's been a long time. Maybe it's financial failures over and over again, and you can't seem to win. And, and you, you get to the point where you start to think, this is never going to change. And I can't imagine what this guy felt like. He's, he's in a place where people come for healing, and, and, and he's, for 38 years, been in need of healing. And he probably had to come to a place where he thought, like, am I ever going to be better? Am I ever going to get healed? Is this ever going to change? And, and maybe today you have something in your life where you've thought that. Is this ever going to change? Is this ever going to change inside of me? Is this ever going to change around me? Is, is my situation ever going to change? Maybe you've cried a lot about it. They, they sometimes call tears liquid pain. And if you've, if you've shed some tears, whether others have seen them or it's just been God that's seen them, it, it usually comes from a deep well inside. It's where those tears come from. It comes from a well of pain or of disappointment in your life that's real. And, and maybe, again, it's been something where you've just felt stuck for a long time and you've cried out to God and you said, God, change this, and it hasn't changed yet. And you've, you've tried to figure it out on your own and you haven't been able to fix it. And, and, and sometimes when we have something in our life that it might be a disease, it might be a doubt, it might be a discouragement, but they, they say that sometimes you can have something, but it actually feels like it has you. 
You, you, you have something in your life you wish you could change, but it, it's got a hold of you, and, and you wish you could change it, but you can't. And, you, and you've tried, and you've tried, and, and maybe you've slipped into discouragement. But what I love about this guy's situation is that for years, for years he had, he had waited for healing. And day after day, he's there at this pool of healing, and nothing has changed. But on this day, Jesus walks into his life. And something's going to change, and it's amazing of what's going to happen. But on this specific day, a miracle walks into his life. And, and that's a lesson I, I would love for you to, to take hold of. And the lesson is any minute could reveal the miracle that I've been waiting for. Any minute could reveal the miracle that you've been waiting on for years. You, you've been waiting on God to show up in your life, and, and you just got to be reminded of that today, that any minute God could bring the miracle. And if you forget that, your faith can start to be diminished and discouragement and doubts can start to rise. But here in this moment, Jesus walks into his brokenness. You ever have a day where all the things that you have been procrastinating, all the things that you just couldn't seem to get done, they, they just all got done that one day. Do you remember, it was, like, it was probably like you were getting ready to go on a vacation or maybe you had some deadline or maybe you got a really good night's sleep and you woke up early and you're just ready to, to grind. And you remember what that felt like? Like just that one day where that thing has been on your list for like seven months, right? Or, or like that thing that you've just been wanting to finally get done and you could never get to it. And, and that day you got so much done. I mean, you're just getting junk done all over the place and, and you got it done. You felt so good at the end of the day because finally it moved. And you've been looking at it, you've been thinking about it, you've even been planning about it, you've been saving up for it and it, and it happened. Ima imagine this guy for 38 years thinking about what would, it, what would it look like for me to be able to walk? What would it look like for me to be able to stand and jump and run around like everybody else, to have a job, provide for myself instead of laying here begging and just barely getting by. Like, what would that look like? And, and some of you, you know exactly what that feels like because that's where you're at. Like, I can't imagine what it would be like to be like everybody else in this situation. But I've been, I've been wrestling with this for so long and, and, and maybe you've got to the point of discouragement and where this guy surely must have been. And, and Jesus walks into his life to restore hope to increase faith, to help him see that even though every other day in his life has been this way, something can be different because of Jesus, because Jesus showed up. He wants to raise your level of expectancy today. He wants to increase your level of hope and your belief in what he can do. And some of us, you know, we, we've forgotten that any one day in our life could be the someday that we've been praying for. Because some of us have dreams and hopes and believe that, man, if someday, if, if someday God would just come through and in, in this part of my family or in this part of my life, like if just someday this could happen, it would change everything. But if you have enough time praying for someday, you start to think that it's never gonna come, that day's never gonna happen. And that day's so far out there, I don't, I don't know if it's ever gonna happen. But what Jesus wants to restore in you today is, is the hope that any day could be the one day that Jesus shows up and changes everything. And that's exactly what happens here to this guy. Jesus comes into his life and this guy who probably felt stuck. And for them, someone who today feels stuck, I, I want to read to you verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and he learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? What an interesting question, right? Because of course this guy wants to get well. Why would Jesus ask such an obvious question from somebody who has a clear need and absolutely would love to get well. In fact, he's probably there at that pool hoping whether it's a pagan myth that this is a healing place 
or whether it's actually a place where some people have been healed, we don't know, but he's there because he heard it's a place of healing, the house of mercy, and he's there hoping that he will be healed, but he's never been healed yet. And Jesus comes to him and he says, would you like to be well? He doesn't ask the question because he doesn't know the answer as if he doesn't think that this guy really wants to be healed. He, he asked the question for the benefit of that guy. Do you, do you believe? Do you have faith? Do you, do you really want to do what it takes? Because listen, it's easy to say, hey, I want to change, right? I mean, like we've all been to that spot where I, I need to make a change. But it's easy to say and it's hard to do. Because to say, God, I'm ready to change my life now. I'm ready to change this bad habit now. I'm ready to get around some new friends that can be a better influence in my life. I'm, I'm ready to be consistent in, in following you and pursuing you. I'm, I'm really ready. And I think Jesus is probably looking at somebody today who's trying to change their life, and he's saying, do you really want to get well? Do you really? Because you, you have to have the certainty in your soul. You have to have settled it. Yes, I want to. And yes, God, I believe that you can help me do it. Until you get to that place, the healing's probably not going to come. You have to have faith to see what you can't see with your own eyes. Sometimes pain can cause us to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. When, when, you've, when you've had pain in your life long enough in your area, maybe it's emotional pain, some area of your life, you, you can start to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because you've been in pain so long, you just kind of get numb to it. And it still hurts and, and you still wish you were better, but you just kind of get used to it. And sometimes we can slip into our sin we can slip into our spiritual apathy and we can just kind of get used to it over a while because it's been so long and it's just become the new normal in our life. And it becomes a prison for us. And I wonder today if, if God would want to set somebody free who's been in a prison that they've got too comfortable in. And they, they've got used to those iron shackles around their wrists and God's saying, hey, you don't have to live that way anymore. I can set you free. I can bring healing in your life. I can restore hope to your soul. But, but do you want to get well? Do you want to be free? Do you want to see what I can do in your life and believe that I can do it? Jesus looks at him and says, do you want to be well? Because I think sometimes we lower our expectations the more we fail. Maybe you've tried something. Maybe you tried to start your own business. <laughs> you, you tried to get into a good marriage and it didn't work out. And, and look, I know how it is. The more times we fail, the more times we feel like we let God down and let other people down, we just start to lower our expectations of what, what God could do. And I think today would be such a win if God could just raise your vision a little bit and, rest and restore your sight to say, you know what? It's not about what I can do anyway. It's, it's about what God can do. And God never changes. And he hasn't changed since the day that he spoke life into existence with his very words. And he said, let there be light. And God would want you to have eyes, light in your eyes to start to see what he can do. And, and let there be light in your life again when you feel like you've been surrounded by darkness. And in your mind, there's been this darkness of discouragement. You've just given up. Listen, God wants to restore. Let there be light again. I want you to see again. Do you want to get well? Do you want to be free? Do you, do you want to see what I can do? Because I can do miracles. That, that's your God. He, he's a God that can do miracles. And, and he's absolutely comfortable stepping into the middle of your mess. He never tells you to go clean everything up and then come to him. No, he, he says, come to me just as you are, and, and I'll help clean everything up. I'll, I'll help fix the brokenness. I'll repair the damage. I'll restore what's lost. You just come to me in faith and allow me to do my healing work. I, I love being a part of a local church because a local church, I mean, it's, I think some churches get confused and they think it's like meant to be a country club where we just kind of come and hang out and what are the amenities and the services and, and what's in it for me? And, and that's never what God's intention was for the church. The church is meant to be a healing hospital. And, and you come in and sometimes you're bleeding and you're, you're confused and you've been damaged by the world and it's like triage. You come in like, I don't even know what I need, but I need some help, right? And you come in and you start to hear about the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ 
He, he died a sinner's death for you. He took your place and, and paid for all, all the sins. All, all, he paid your whole tab there on that cross. And if you'll just receive him, he will forgive you of everything you've ever done. And he'll restore that brokenness between you and your loving father and restore that relationship. And you start to hear about this, this loving father who cares about you and has a purpose for your life. And, and not only are you saved, but you give your life to him and find forgiveness, but you also find freedom. Freedom, you don't have to live for sin anymore and self-centeredness. You can live for something bigger and higher than yourself. And you can live for God and building his kingdom. And you find that he's created you for a purpose and for a mission. And, and it gets exciting. And then you, you start to see that you're, you're no longer there on the, on the bed being healed, even though God's still doing his healing work. Like you can actually get up and go around and you can help be a part of his healing process in other lives. And you can start to serve and, and see God use you to bring healing and in others' lives as they come in and they're experiencing triage and they're trying to figure out what's going on in their life. And you can say, listen, let me tell you my story. Now, I used to be all messed up and, and then I found Jesus and this is what he's done in my life. And I just love being a part of the church because it's, it's meant to be a place of healing, a house of mercy. It's, it's meant to be like the pool of Bethesda where there's, there's people that can be all around us. I mean, the church should be perfect. If the church ever looks perfect and you look around and everything is just perfect and every, all the pretty people got all their lives together, then you know something's wrong with that church. Because the church should always have some people coming and going that things are messed up in their life and falling apart. Because if everybody's got all their lives together, that means that we're not out in the world and we're not bringing people in. But there should always be some, some people who got some things going on, some major things going on. And, and listen, we all have things going on. Don't, don't pretend that, the, that you got things perfect in your life because none of us do. There's, there's issues in all of our lives. But the church is meant to be a place where the imperfection can come together and see the perfect love of God bring healing and bring hope. And, and, and this, this guy, he, he had a lot of issues in his life, but Jesus looks at him and he says, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? That's the critical question. Because whatever you've got going on in your life today, whether you feel like it's a minor thing or a massive thing, like doesn't matter. Like the question is the same question that Jesus is asking you today that he asked this, this invalid. He said, do you want to get well? And, and that's the critical question. Do you remember back to middle school? Oh, yeah, you remember. You remember the pimples. You remember the peer pressure. You remember, like, middle school is just, that's a rough place. If you know a middle school, just pray for them, man. Just lay your hands on them as they're heading out the door. Just, God, be, be with them today because they got to go to seventh grade, and, and that's rough, and I remember. But, yeah, man, middle school is a, is a tough time, and, and you might remember sitting, though, back in the back of the classroom, and it was during, like, one of your science classes, and, and you remember that cute girl that you had eyes for, and, and then you remember that one time that she wrote a little note down and she passed it to a friend, right? Remember it passed down two or three rows, and you opened it up, on, on, your, on your desk, and, and it said, will you go out with me? And it was like your dream come true. You've been praying that it would happen because that's the girl you're going to marry even though you're like 12 years old. You're like, that's, that's my girl. And it said, will you go out with me? And then remember the bottom of the letter said, circle yes or no. Because you, you had to like pass the note back, and she just wanted to know the answer before the class gets out because it all hinges on what happens right here in science class. And it said yes or no. And if you circle yes and you pass the note back and it got back to her, then it was on. Like you were together, you were boyfriend or girlfriend. It changed everything, that one thing. <laughs> and it's like that, that, sometimes that definitive question is so clear and so simple. It's what's needed in our life to, to bring healing. And Jesus just presented that question, yes or no? Like do, do you want healing? Do you believe it's possible? Are you ready? Like really ready? Like are, are you ready to take a step into healing? You know, I, I grew up watching my grandparents play dominoes. I remember seeing them play around the kitchen table all the time. It's a fun game, and you can play all kinds of games of dominoes. My, my favorite game was to, to stack them up on the table. And whenever Grandma and Grandpa weren't playing, me and my brothers, we'd get the dominoes, and we'd stack them up, and we'd have these really long domino trains. And, and we'd get it set up, and then you always had to kind of, like, fight your brothers. Like, who, who gets to push the last one? Because when you get that last domino up there, the best part of the whole thing was, like, all right, who gets to push it over? And if you pushed over that domino, 
and knock down all these dominoes, maybe sometimes hundreds of them that you've set up all over the table, all over the floor, just knock them all down. Just, just that one domino, that one push, that, that was the key for all of it. Just everything else, it just went real smooth after that. But, but it started with that one move. And Jesus, he looks at him and he's looking at you today and he's saying, do you want to get well? Like you have to decide that thing in your life that you want to see move, that you want to see change. Like, do you really want it? Because not until you decide up here, Will you experience it out there and in here? Like, you've got to decide, yes, Jesus, I believe you're able to do the miracle. And yes, Jesus, I'm ready. I'm down. Let's go. I'm ready to see your work in my life. But you've got to say yes to Jesus. And and when you say yes, that's when the hurts can start healing. That's when the habits can start to be reformed and changed, when transformation in your mind can happen. That's when the growth can happen in your life and in your family. God can start changing things in your spiritual journey and in your future. And, and maybe Jesus asked this guy because he had lost hope. We don't know why he asked him that question, but maybe it's because he lost hope after 38 years. I mean, you'd lose hope too, right? I mean, 38 years, that's never going to change. Maybe he asked him to restore hope, but maybe he asked, it, asked him because he wanted to, to jolt this man's faith back into action, kind of like a heart defib. And he wanted to put those things on his chest and boom, just give him a, a surge of belief again because he had been, he'd been slipping into this, this doubt, man, and discouragement. And he, he must have been down. I mean, 38 years literally lying down on the ground. I mean, I mean, you get hit and knocked down for a few days, that hurts, but he'd been laying out for 38 years and Jesus just came along. Do you believe that I can do it? Do you still have some faith in your lungs? Do you believe that I can bring healing today? And, and he asked him, do you want to get well? And I think that's the question that God put on my heart to share with you today because I believe that there's someone that just needs to have that question be asked so clearly of them. Do you want to get well? Do you want things to change? Do you desire a healing in your life? And here's the question if you want to write it down. Do I believe that Jesus still can do it? Do I believe that Jesus can still do it? Do you? Do you believe that he can still do it? He can still change it even though it's been a long time? Even though you've been struggling for many years, do you believe that he can heal you? I love this clip from the movie The Chosen. It depicts this actual story in God's word, and they did their best to recreate it, fill in some of the blanks with their imagination, and it's such a beautiful scene. Just a couple minutes. I'd love for you to check out that clip. It's amazing. Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so... Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you or who's not helping or who's getting in your way. I'm asking about you. (laughs) I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing. And you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. 
only need me. So, do you want to be healed? I absolutely love that clip. Jesus looks at this man and he says, it's not about who's helping you or not helping you, who's getting in the way, it's about you. And he says, you don't need this pool. You just need me. You need me. And when Jesus walked in the middle of this man's mess, and he, when he walks into the middle of your mess, he says, you don't need to worry about all those things. Just, just get your eyes on me. Do you want to get well? Do you believe I'm what you actually need? That I'm the solution that you've actually been praying for? You know, this, this whole clip, it references this verse in John chapter 5, verse 7. It's the response that this man gave Jesus when Jesus said, do you want to get well? He says, sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes in ahead of me. It's interesting, when Jesus asks him if he wants to get well, he, he doesn't say yes, and he doesn't say no. He gives excuses. He said, the, the reason why I haven't been healed, and I've been laying here, I've been trying, is, is because somebody else is always getting in my way. And somebody else gets the healing and not me. It's somebody else's turn. It's, it's never my turn. It never works out for me. And, and blaming others and blaming our situations is one of the biggest roadblocks to the miracle in our life. It is, right? I mean, it's, it's putting the blame where it doesn't belong. It's, it's blaming my past. It's blaming what, what she did and what he said. And it's, it's all the, the blaming that we so often naturally do. And it's the limitation. Because we all think that my situation is unique. And my situation is different. Yeah, God can heal, but you don't know about my situation. Yeah, I know God can do miracles, but you don't understand what's been happening in my life these last 38 years. And Jesus says, do you want to get healed? And he, he gives all these reasons why he has not been healed. He doesn't even say yes. He just says, well, here's all the reasons. And, and, and one of my favorite quotes I've ever heard someone say is that our reasons explain us, but they don't excuse us. Because we all have reasons for living the way that we live. We all have reasons that we are where we are. And we could explain to you the whole story and how we got where we are and why we're not where we want to be. And there's a whole journey to it. There's a whole list of excuses and reasons and rationalization. And we can just rationalize the miracle right out of existence in our life. We can excuse ourselves out of the healing. Our stories can cause us to remain stuck. Well, here's, here's why it's not working out. Here's why I can't try again. And sometimes we just forget the vision, the big picture. And, and I, I love the simplicity of Jesus' words. Like, do you want to get well? It's, you know, my, my kids, they get into Legos and they, you know, they'll get a Lego box and, and you've been there too, right? I mean, you, you look at that thing and it's such a cool thing. I want to build this car. I'm going to build this castle, right? And you open it up and you dump out all those pieces on the table. And you pull out the instruction books. And, and, and then you look at page number one. Like, put these three pieces on those two pieces. And it's like you look at it, and it's overwhelming because you have this, this massive mess there in front of you, and you got all these different colors, and I don't know how this is all going to come together. And you got this, this fat old instruction book, and you're like, man, there's a lot of steps to this. And sometimes what you have to do when you get immersed in a problem and you, you see the complexity of it, and you see all the reasons why it's not going to work and all the excuses and all the I've already tried that and all the reasons why they said that's not going to happen for, in my life. And you get, get immersed in all the problems and all the issues. Sometimes what you got to do is you got to take your eyes off of, of all the pieces and all the brokenness. 
And you got to restore your vision. You got to pull out that box again. You look at the vision like, nah, man, this, this, this can happen. I, I believe it. Like, this is what all these pieces, one day they're going to look like this. It's going to come together. It's going to be whole one day. And it's going to be usable. And, and sometimes you just got to look at your life and say, even though I see a bunch of brokenness and I see a trail of tears, I believe that with God's help, the big picture, God can bring healing restoration, wholeness. He's absolutely capable of it. He's a miracle-working, wonder-working God. That's who he is. That's what he does. And I believe. And, and Jesus' question is, do you want to get well? Because he's asking, do you believe that, that I can fulfill the vision I have for your life? Even though you only see brokenness and you only see pieces, do you believe that I have a big picture in mind for you? That I can use even the pain in your life to bring about a purpose? That I can take all the mess and I can turn it into a message? That I can get rid of all the failures in your life and still do something in your future that matters? It's not about your past. It's about your potential. It's about what God can do, what he still wants to do. So do you believe it? Do you believe that God can bring healing? Do you believe he can do the miracle? Until he gets you to that place where you believe, your healing may not come. So do you believe it? Do you believe it? Jesus says, do you believe because of this lesson? Maybe you want to write it down. Don't let past failures limit your future attempts. Don't, don't let your past failures limit your future attempts. Don't stop trying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop trusting. Instead, believe again. Start praying for it again. Start trying again. Start trusting in God again because God is able. And this man for 38 years was laid out, but Jesus looked at him on this day, the someday he'd always dreamed about, on this specific day, Jesus walked into his mess and he said, do you believe? Do you believe? And I, and I want to read the, the final part of this story, which is absolutely incredible. And verse 8, after this man gives him all kinds of excuses, verse 8, Jesus said to him, and didn't even answer his excuses, didn't address it. He just simply says this, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. What an amazing thing. Can you imagine after not being able to walk all these years and dreaming about it and thinking about it and praying about it, all of a sudden you, you had that feeling in your legs? <laughs> like like I, 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 I feel something that I never felt before. And then, and then you try to stand up and there's strength there. You can actually stand. And he's like, man, I, I've dreamed about this day. And at once, it says at once he began to stand and walk. And at once, in a moment. On this day, why this day? We don't know, but Jesus on this day walked into his life, this 38-year journey, and he brought healing. He brought the miracle. A friend of mine, Kevin, <laughs> he said that, you know, sometimes his wife will come to him and, and ask him to untangle her necklace. You know, women, they got their jewelry and all that's all pretty, and, but sometimes it, it gets put in the drawer and maybe it hasn't been brought out for a while and it gets tangled up in there and it's all a mess. And he says, she'll, she'll bring me the necklace and say, can you, can you untangle it for me? I, I just need your help. Just, just get this untangled because I can't get it all. And, and he says, I'll, I'll get in there and I'll, I'll try to untangle it. And, and then there's a point where I've been messing with this thing for like 10 minutes and I'm realizing I'm not going to be able to untangle this. And, and he starts to realize what he, what he called the opportunity cost. Would it be better for me just to go buy her a new necklace <laughs> to untangle this one? Because I don't think this thing is ever going to get untangled. And I think it might be just more effective just to go out and get a new one. And sometimes you and I, we look at the mess that we made in our life or that somebody else has made and dumped into our life. And we see how tangled up all the issues are and how convoluted and connected it is and how this thing's affecting that and how what she said over here is affecting this over here. And I'm just like you know what, man, I'm just going to tap out and <laughs> just start over. Just, just get rid of all it. Like, you know, sometimes we get to that point where this is just too big of a mess. I don't even know if it's possible. I, I'm just going to give up. Give up hope. Slip into discouragement just to whatever. To I don't care, this numbness. 
and, and what I love about this story is it says at once. Those two words are so powerful because this guy for 38 years had struggled. And it says at once Jesus healed him. Do you believe that in a moment Jesus could change all that tangled mess of issues in your life in a minute, in a moment that God could actually do the healing that you've been praying for? Like that's the kind of God we serve. I mean, we, we, do, we are not a part of a religion. Jesus followers, we are in a life-giving relationship with a God who does miracles. That Jesus can actually bring healing into your life in a moment. He can change your situation in a minute. Do you believe that? That's the final lesson. Jesus can change a lifetime of issues in a moment. In a moment, Jesus can break into your life and change a lifetime of issues in a single moment. Do you have faith to believe that? That's what Jesus wanted to get into this guy's spirit. Do you believe that I can do the miracle? Are you ready to be healed? And, and today, I'll just ask you the same question. Are, are you ready to see what Jesus can do in your life? When you surrender it fully to him and you say, Jesus, I'm all yours. I'm all in. Are you ready to see what Jesus can do in your life? For some of you, it's just it's time to, to hope again. And, and I want to finish today with a prayer. I want to pray for you in a moment. But I first want to read these verses over you. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, for the one who feels discouraged and you've given up hope. You've been laid out for years and you haven't been able to figure out which way is up. It's a tangled mess. I just want to remind you that there's hope. God's word says that he gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And this man who could never walk, he would walk again because of what Jesus did in a moment. But first he had to restore his hope and his belief. And, and I just imagine Jesus today with that, that heart defib. He's, he's got it pressed against your chest and he's like, are you ready? <laughs> Let's go. Like, do, you, do you believe? Do you wanna be healed? And with the surge of the power of God, the miraculous hand of God in your life, God can restore your belief again and your spirit again. And he can restore that thing in your life that's broken. Do you believe? That's the question in this Miracles teaching series that it all builds to. Do you believe that you serve a miracle working God? Because once you see it with the eyes of faith, you're gonna start to see it in your life. So do you believe? Are you ready to get well? Are you ready to be free? Are you ready to see what God can do? My hope is that you will put your trust in him, your faith in him, and you'll see miracles. Right on? Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you for the miracles that you have done, not only in history, but the miracles that you're doing right here and right now. Our lives are miracles. God, salvation is the biggest miracle of all time, that you would reach out your hand of grace to us sinners and save us from ourselves, from destruction, from eternal destruction. And that Jesus, you, the Son of God, would come and die a sinner's death on a cross for us so that we can be made clean and pure and right and holy before you, God. What an amazing work that you've done. What a miracle. And God, more than just the miracle of salvation, we know that you want to do miracles in our lives and through our lives, that you want to heal us and use us to be a part of the healing process in others' lives, to help bring healing to our world that is so divided and broken. God, would you restore hope that, God, you can use us, that, God, you can do something new in us. And, God, just like, bring back that, that fresh experience that we had when we first heard about you. 
God, we, we've been beaten up and, and sometimes bruised by the world, but just bring a fresh coating over our spirit today of hope and restore our belief in what you can do. God, I pray for the person today who's struggling, and it's been a long time that they've been in this mess. It's so tangled, God, and, and they're not sure if they're ever going to get out. God, remind them today that, Jesus, you're always looking at us saying, do you want to get well? Do you believe it? And may they say yes to you. God, may they say yes. In faith, God, we, we together just say yes. We believe you're a miracle-working God, and you can. What, what man can't do, God, is what's impossible with us is, is not impossible with you. So we believe today, Jesus. We believe, and we're asking for the miracle. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I had the best time today, worshiping and learning with you. You may have made a commitment during the service. We'd love to reach out to you. If you have any questions, comments, prayer requests, again, please go to churchexperience.tv connect or scan the QR code on the screen. You want to get connected more? Also, you can check out our CE social media, Instagram, Facebook, or website, or even download our app. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button right here. What a great day it has been. Can't wait to see you next week.